Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Tom Williams. Research says students experience significant academic and emotional benefits from having teachers of color. Yet in North Carolina, the educator workforce comprises a disproportionately low percentage of teachers of color. At a summit hosted this week by the Office of Governor Roy Cooper and partnering organization, educators and policymakers tackled this issue by brainstorming a new landscape for recruiting and supporting a more diverse teaching workforce. Today, we'll hear from leaders in the field who participated in that summit and who are directly working to improve education diversity, support future educators of color, and ensure that all new educators are prepared to support a diverse range of students in a culturally competent classroom. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the US. The 25-year-old school funding court case known as Leandro has repeatedly found that our state is not meeting our constitutional obligation to ensure each and every child in North Carolina can access a sound basic education. This week, WestEd, an independent national research organization, released a court-ordered report that provides North Carolina with a sequenced action plan for complying with this constitutional obligation. The report identifies eight critical areas of need and recommends pathways towards increased investment so that North Carolina can become a globally competitive and economically strong state for future generations to come. Across the country, enrollment in teacher preparation programs has dropped by a third from 2010 to 2018, with some states seeing declines of more than 50%. Special education programs saw a 14% decline. STEM programs saw a 22% decline, and elementary education programs saw a 29% decline. A national poll conducted this year found that 55% of teachers wouldn't want their children following in their footsteps due to job dissatisfaction. Only five states had growth during the last eight years, Utah, Arizona, Washington State, Texas, and Nevada. The ongoing budget stalemate between the state legislator and Governor Roy Cooper is leaving more than teacher pay raises in limbo. It also leaves on the table potential new funding for school construction and proposed new curriculum requirements for our students. Governor Cooper vetoed the budget because he said it did not expand Medicaid and included inadequate teacher pay raises. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum website at ncforum.org and Read more about each of the headlines as well as other topics we cover each week. I'd like to welcome to the show Latanya Patillo, the teacher advisor to Governor Roy Cooper and a former high school business teacher and elementary teacher assistant in Columbus County. Thank you so much for joining us. We're delighted to see you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed spending the day with you yesterday at the Drive Summit. And what I'd like you to do is tell us a little bit about the summit and how it came about and what its primary purpose was. Sure, and we were happy that you enjoyed yourself yesterday. So the DRIVE Summit was an opportunity to bring stakeholders together to talk about how we can encourage, support, develop, and retain educators of color. 
DRIVE stands for Developing a Representative and Inclusive Vision for Education. And the purpose of the summit was to move towards a new landscape in recruiting, preparing, supporting, and retaining those educators of color. So we were really excited about bringing together a number of stakeholders, almost 300 stakeholders, to talk about the variety of ways that we as a state could, could, could collectively do that. It was a full day. Yes. It was exciting. You had a combination of amazing panels and then also breakout groups that folks got to explore areas of subject. Tell us a little bit about some of what you saw as some of the takeaways uh, and maybe uh, special moments from the sessions. Yes. So from the very beginning, what we wanted to do was level set and have everyone in the room understand the history of the contributions uh, and the experiences of educators of color. So what we heard throughout the day was that our very first panel, um, hosted by, moderated by James Ford, um, with Francis Cummings, with Howard Lee, former representatives, and with uh, Dudley Flood, was a very exciting opening and level setting for everyone to learn what it was like to be an educator of color um, years back and how it translates to the importance of the work that we need to do today. And then throughout the day, we've heard just a variety of, of um, positive remarks about the experiences and the opportunities to connect with other stakes, stakeholders who were in this space. Yeah. Well, I, I know the breakout sessions that I got to, the excitement that was in that room and the sharing of ideas was um, very uh, exciting to be there and learning from others and seeing the ideas that were being shared. Yes. Um, we're very fortunate that we do have a short video clip, about a minute and 45 seconds worth, from the summit yesterday, and it's gonna feature Dr. John King, yes. who is uh, one of our former secretaries of education during the Obama administration, who now is the president and executive director of the uh, Education Trust. Yes. So we'll go ahead and view the video. Every issue that people list as an issue for all educators gets multiplied as by race, by class, by gender. What we needed was an opportunity to have a conversation about what was going on in the school and how race was dividing us. We are not doing all what we can do to make even our white teachers culturally sensitive to what is going on in the world today. If we're not willing to have uncomfortable conversations the majority of kids in the nation's public schools are kids of color, but only 18% of our teachers are teachers of color. We know that students of color benefit from having teachers of color. Research shows us that when students have the opportunity to see teachers of color in their classrooms and schools, uh, they are more likely to graduate from high school, go on to college. This is an issue I've worked on for a long time. When I was Secretary of Education, we did a report on the challenges around teacher diversity in the country. Uh, we have a huge pipeline problem. Students of color uh, are less likely statistically to graduate from high school, less likely to go on to college, less likely to major in education, less likely to enter the teaching profession. Too often, uh, we give the least to the students who need the most. Addressing teacher diversity is part of a broader agenda to advance education equity because the long-term health and well-being of the state of North Carolina and the country depends on ensuring that all of our students, regardless of race, regardless of zip code, regardless of how much money their parents make, regardless of immigration status, that all of our students have access to a high-quality education that prepares them for success in college, careers, and as participants in our civic life.
Well, you were there yesterday. You met with Dr. King, and uh, I know he got to introduce the National Teacher of the Year as yes. well. What did you think about having the former secretary there? Oh, it was a wonderful opportunity to make a connection to what we're doing here in the state, to what's happening nationally. Uh, educators who were in the room appreciated hearing from uh, Rodney Robinson to learn about what his experiences have been, and then other stakeholders from parents and advocates, philanthropists, nonprofit organizations, to educator prep programs, all appreciated hearing from Dr. King about what was happening as far as um, teacher representation, and what it meant to be collaborating to do this work. And so we were really excited about having everyone at the table committing to developing a, the beginning of a statewide action plan to address this issue. So there's a lot on your end, I know, to help coordinate and facilitate the summit yes. with all of your partners that yes. were there. It's happened. Yes. The event was over. Talk about the vision for what you think is next around this critical issue of increasing our pipeline for teachers of color. Sure. Well, at the summit, Governor Cooper um, announced the development of an executive order, Executive Order 113, um, which will establish the composition of the Drive Summit Task Force, which will bring stakeholders together to look at some of the results of the summit to develop a framework for a statewide action plan. And so we know that the summit was just the beginning. It wasn't a one and done. It was really the launch event to bring everyone together to say we are committed, we are committed as a state to looking at this issue to improve the educator workforce overall, but particularly to increase representation of educators of color. So stay tuned for what's to come as a result of that order and the development of the task force. That's great. Right. Well, we have a little bit of time left, so yes. uh, tell us if uh, viewers are out there thinking about the issues around increasing the diversity of uh, our teacher workforce and the challenges you face. What kind of resources or recommendations would you make of, what can they do? Sure. I would like first for everyone to just kind of reflect and think about where they are in relation to the importance of educators of color and how, how necessary it is to make sure that there is representation in the classroom. One of the things that we learned is that not only do we need to recruit educators, of course, but we need to retain them and that requires support from the community. So we ask everyone who is interested in this issue to really come together to rally around the teachers who are already there uh, and then to to encourage others to become educators. We will have a Drive Summit website, actually, and we encourage uh, anyone who has a program or an initiative to connect with us on that site, um, to share those resources with us, and then stay tuned, because as we make progress related to the task force, we'll be loading it and incorporating it onto the website. And so you can keep up with what we're doing uh, around the state. So we're really excited about this continuous uh, community engagement and look forward to the response that we'll get um, as a result of the summit. I think one of the encouraging things about yesterday is recognizing the tremendous diversity of as our state's demographics yes. continue to change, languages, uh, ethnicity, race, um, the whole idea of developing a more uh, curriculum better aligned for those cultural competencies. Yes. I applaud you on what you've done starting yesterday and moving forward and all of the people who have been critical in the success of the summit. Thank you. It's been delightful to have you as our guest and we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. 
After a brief commercial break, we'll be back to continue our discussion with two leaders working to increase and support teachers of color in North Carolina. But first, see if you can answer this question. In North Carolina, students of color make up approximately 52% of the entire student population. Approximately what percentage of the teacher workforce comprises teachers of color? Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others enriching lives. Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correctly answer D? 20% North Carolina has what is known as a severe teacher diversity gap. For students of color, this means that too often they rarely or never have a teacher who looks like them throughout their entire K-12 educational experience. Joining us now to talk about how to tackle this important issue is Dr. Anthony Graham, the provost for Winston-Salem State University, and Christy Moore, a vice president with the North Carolina Association of Educators. Thank you both for joining us. We're delighted to have you on Ed Matters. Thank, Thank you for having us. I, I do know that both of you had a chance to be at the Drive Summit yesterday yes. as well, so it was good to see you again this evening. Um, Dr. Graham, you have such a unique um, experiences and background coming into your provost uh, role. Um, share with the, what you see as some of the most pressing challenges um, you see in the area of recruiting teachers of color. Sure, I think a lot of the issue with recruiting teachers of color actually starts with the way we retain teachers of color. When you start thinking about our students of color, there are so few teachers of color, they're going to zero in on the, the teachers of color whom they have. So if the teachers of color are having issues and they're complaining and saying that there are racial microaggressions that are occurring in their schools or their school districts, the students of color are going to pay attention to that. They're going to key in on it. And they're going to say to themselves, do I really want to pursue this profession if they're professing those types of uh, issues and challenges? So that's number one. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is how do we go about explicitly and implicitly saying to our K-12 students of color, we value you. Do our curricula reflect the students of color? Are we teaching them in culturally relevant ways and, and ways that suggest that we uh, really value who you are and, and affirm your identity? Are we doing things to assess students of color in different types of ways or are we just sticking to the mainstream or what we call white stream way of assessing and evaluating our students of color? So that's part of it. And then the final part is at what point do we introduce to our students of color the teaching profession? I always use the Duke Tip model as a perfect example. Duke Tip introduces fifth grade students to STEM careers. Mm -hmm. At what point do we have the North Carolina Tip program, the, the mm -hmm. teacher immersion program, where we're introducing in a very explicit way the teaching profession to our K-12 students as early as the fourth grade? If we wait too long, they're gonna be exposed to other career opportunities and other discipline areas. So these are the types of things that we have to consider in a very concrete way to ensure that we're recruiting uh, K-12 students to think about the teaching profession. The pipeline starts early and it starts with the role models and the cultures that our future teachers of color Absolutely. experience as students. Excellent. Miss um, Moore, I know you're extremely interested in, we have our teachers, yes. they've come through the process, right. they're licensed, they're in the, in the schools, in the classrooms, you're interested in helping to professionally develop them and help them move to the next level um, as, as professionals. What do you see as some of the challenges as well as some of the opportunities in helping them really prepare 
to continue their growth as professionals. Yes, and I would like to piggyback off of your um, pipeline. We are actually have a teacher cadet program, which we have in high schools and some of our high schools here in North Carolina. So we're trying to help with that pipeline to make sure that we can get children interested in education and teaching yeah. at an early age. We probably need to do it a little younger, but we are doing that to make sure that we can try to get them into the pipeline. But we also have educators of color academy in our association. And so we want to make sure that we're pulling in our educators of color, supporting them in ways that they're not being supported in their schools. To our, to all too often, some of our educators of color are used as disciplinarians and not necessarily as academic coaches or you know content-rich people, but they are very much very knowledgeable in everything that we do. And so we want to make sure that we are filling in the gap that are not happening in some of our school systems, and we are really there to support all of our educators of color in this academy that we're running. Yeah, it was interesting yesterday, part of the conversation when you talked about the teacher cadet programs of saying, I heard a superintendent say, you know, I really hadn't thought about our career uh, education days that we do with our middle school students. Right. Where is our table from yeah. our school exactly. district being there? Yeah, um, so I think the idea to, to start that idea early on. Um, so, Yesterday, and looking specifically at the data around the um, teachers of color mm -hmm. and, and the focus and the huge gap that exists for our students and being with a, a teacher that looks like them, mm -hmm. talk a little bit and let you all decide how you want to handle this about the realities of the pipeline and what you maybe see as encouraging practices or strategies or ideas that you're engaged in uh, in increasing that pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I think the pipeline is broken very early, unfortunately, when a high number of our children of color are suspended. And so they are told school is not for you. At a very early age, even preschool uh, children have been suspended. And that puts a bad taste in their mouth about education. So when it comes time to pick a career, um, they may not have made it to the college readiness classes because of behavioral issues that were going on. And when we have educators of color in the classroom, they're not as likely to suspend the children. Uh, they are likely to work with them and try to mentor them and help mm -hmm. them through any issues that might be going on. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, we have a lot of our children of all colors that are yeah. have trauma in their lives. Mm -hmm. And we have to be there for them and to help them. Right. And that is our responsibility as an association to help stand in the gap for what's not happening in some of our school systems. And so we have to make sure that we fix suspension rates. We have to make sure that we get rid of some of the barriers that are put in place, such as testing and those kind of things. Great. Thank yeah. you. I would go into the teacher education realm at our universities and some of the things that we have to pay more attention to there. Uh, some of the barriers that we tend to see, uh, the Praxis core examination as yes. an example. Uh, what we know for sure is the Praxis core, which is an entrance exam into the teacher education program, has no predictive reliability whatsoever. It tells us nothing about a teacher's effectiveness long term or whether or not a teacher will re be retained in the classroom. But we continue to use this assessment as a gatekeeper into the profession. And unfortunately, our pass rates for our students of color are abysmal across the nation. 31% pass rate for black students across the nation. 35% pass rate for our Hispanic uh, students in our educator preparation programs. So this assessment is a gatekeeper that's not really helping us in any way in, as we talk about diversifying the teacher workforce. On the back end, the licensure examinations, the performance is not much better there. Our black students are, are uh, passing at a 38% clip and our Hispanic students are passing around a 53% clip. And again, 
The licensure exams have no predictive validity whatsoever. They tell us nothing about teacher effectiveness or nothing about teacher retention. So we have to pay greater attention to some of the policies that we have in place and the practices that result from these policies yeah. that really do nothing but create barriers and challenges that counteract what it is we're trying to do. Exactly. And I know the commitment is there to um, assuring high quality teachers are coming out of the preparate coming into the program yes. and coming out of the program but looking at alternative assessment strategies to do that Correct. both on predicting future success and bring them in the program it's going to be exciting to see how those kinds of opportunities develop and roll out um, we've got about a minute left so I'm going to give you a chance each <laughs> uh, to maybe identify your pet barrier that's out there that you'd, it, that you'd really like to see removed or a strategy or a solution that you think is really on the cusp of being encouraging? Yes, I would say that we need to make education a priority here in North Carolina especially. We need to make the profession of education look amazing as it is and make sure that we're paying our educators a wage where we can, if we have to get student loans, we can pay those student loans back. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge barrier here in North Carolina. One of the promising practices, uh, practice-based teacher education. We're seeing this more across our educator preparation programs in the nation, where we are making sure that what we're teaching in our educator preparation programs mirrors 100% what our classroom teachers experience on a daily basis. We're trying to really uh, decrease that divide that exists between the educator preparation process and the real world of teaching. So practice-based teacher education, continue to be on the lookout yeah. for it. Ms. Moore, thank you for being here this evening. Dr. Graham, thank you for everything that you're doing to thank continue you. to move us forward. After this break, this week's final word. Mrs. Wolf and Mr. Carroll were two amazing teachers who encouraged me to be the first person in my family to go to college. They inspired me to become a public school teacher. Like me, each of these excellent teachers were white, and as a teenager, what I saw in them was what I hoped to become one day. In schools all across North Carolina, our white students interact with many teachers throughout their K-12 schooling who look a lot like them. For our students of color, it's a starkly different story. The 2018-19 data from the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction indicates that students of color make up more than half of our student population, while approximately 80% of our teachers are white. Three quarters of all of our local school systems have a gap of 20% or more between the number of students of color and teachers of color. Extensive research has found that a diverse educator workforce is beneficial to all students and especially to students of color. Recruiting, retaining, and supporting a more diverse and qualified educator workforce is essential to the success of not only our students, but our future workforce. Earlier this week, the much anticipated West Ed Report was released, ordered by the judge who presides over the long-running school funding case known as Leandro. The West Ed Report finds that North Carolina will have more than 75,000 K-12 teacher openings that must be filled by 2026. In addition to the overall teacher pipeline crisis, this report includes a recommendation to significantly increase the racial and ethnic diversity of our teacher workforce. While teachers of color represent 30% of our teacher preparation program enrollments, Many of these are in a non-traditional lateral entry licensing process, which has much higher attrition rates as well as lower retention rates for those who enter the teaching force. West Edge Report provides a data-informed sequenced action plan to guide our state's leaders in meeting its constitutional requirement 
to provide every North Carolina student, regardless of zip code, a sound basic education. The courts have ruled, the report has been filed. What's needed now is for the state and the parties to Leandro to agree on the priorities for short and long-term goals to move North Carolina forward. By utilizing the state's current resources and investments, along with investing the identified additional resources over time, our future North Carolina will have a better educated citizenry and workforce prepared to meet the challenges and opportunities of our great state. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next week.